Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Conrad, and this show is where we hear the real stories from real people changing the world. From everyday people to the top celebrities, all the conversations are real, raw, and always unscripted. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get to today's guest. All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted One-on-One from my still unnamed studios here in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, man, I'm excited today. Uh, As always, uh, I feel like every guest I say that, and I probably do. But um, today I have my good friend, mentor, coach, leader, extraordinaire, uh, Coach Mike Deegan. Mike, do you want to introduce yourself and uh, just tell us a little bit about you and your family, and we will uh, will go from there. Yeah. you know, you, you, you nailed it. I'm Mike Deegan. I, I, by day, I'm a, I'm a baseball coach and, and assistant, assistant professor at Denison University. So I teach a, a leadership course there in coaching. Um, you have, have four kids uh, from turning 11 here in a couple of days, nine, six, and four. Uh, great wife and Lowry. Um, and do a lot of stuff on the side around business and, and culture and leadership development. So uh, a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I would argue. I, I would argue a master of several, several of those. But uh, and that's our connecting point, right? I mean, I think we met um, on two fronts. One, and I can't believe I was sitting here thinking about it just a few minutes ago. Um, I think our original, you know, gosh, this had been three years since the whole recruiting, and my son was starting to get into baseball and starting to dabble in, you know, maybe playing at the next sure. level. And I remember I peppered you with about a million questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what, what do you look for in a player? What do you look for in a pitcher? What do you look for? And uh, you were, you were very gracious in that time. And even at some point, even had Austin on campus and uh, mm-hmm. we, we will always be thankful for that. And, um, you know, we can't, we can't, probably can't go too much into how close it was for him to be a part of big red. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, close. he was. Yeah, it's been, I think you're right. I mean, it goes back to the start. It started there and uh, yeah, and we've done, we done a little work on the side too. Done some yep. some leadership development stuff together as well. So yeah, I think it's, it's amazing how time flies, but I would almost guess it's probably been four or five years when you go back to the first time we actually met, with, met each other. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's been a great journey as far as just watching either in person working together, as you said, on some leadership stuff. Uh, and really, that's more so me learning from you. It's not me really doing much of, of anything, just learning from you um, and really just having so much respect for, for your knowledge and, and being a student of leadership and now a teacher of leadership. Um, but then also just, you know, working side by side and seeing your character. And then it also, you know, following online because you have a newsletter and things that you put out. So um, I've really followed along, you know, for the time that we're not together because you are, you know, we don't work together or anything like that on a daily basis, but uh, have followed along and just seen a lot of what you do and just have so much respect for that. Thank you. And I appreciate it. I think that one of the, the best things about I've said about writing the newsletter and hitting send, which, you know, is, is as you know, and, and I know you, you do some work with that as well. Um, one of the, it's, it's not easy for me, you know, it's probably not easy for you to put out a podcast every week. It, it's not. Um, but the greatest thing has been the, the people that it's attracted in my life. Like mm-hmm. I've found just a lot of just great people that have a, um, diff, we're not similar. We're not exactly the same, but we have a similar thought process yeah. and similar patterns. And so that's been great. And then the ability to keep up with people. So yeah. look, we, we're all going a thousand different directions. Um, but having something that goes out on a weekly basis, people see it and they 
somehow still still feel connected. And then when we do meet back up, it's almost like, you know, we, we just we just pick right back up where we left off because they yeah. have been following. So uh, that's what I, I really value about that newsletter is just, yeah, one, it may, it may help some people on the way. And two, I think just the great connections and the ability for me to then learn from all these great people like yourself that have come into my life. Yeah, I, and I appreciate that too. And so let, let's take this in sections because I think we have a few things to to, to unpack. So let's start with just, the, let's start with coaching. Cause, cause that's, let's, sure. you know, let's really talk about that. You are, you, you have turned around a, a program. And as we were, again, I'm, so this is my dad hat now, you know, son that's playing college baseball As we were looking at programs. Obviously we wanted to be a part of a, of a program, not just have right. him play baseball. And, and, you know, Denison was incredibly attractive to us as a university, gorgeous, just incredible mm-hmm. university, you know, top notch. But also as a baseball program, you came on board and and really, I think turned things around there. How, how has it been coaching? You want to talk anything about you know just coaching? What is it like coaching at Denison? And and you've really had a ton of success. So what's that been like for you? Well, you know, it's, Denison's a special place. I think as you felt, um, I would say it's not for everybody. Just like just like you know, it could be you know in, in any sector or any school. But it is a phenomenal place with phenomenal graduates and just awesome people. And, you know, I, I was an assistant coach for a long time. I was assistant coach for nine years at Marietta College. And, and you know, Marietta, we, I left in uh, 2012, and we had just won back-to-back national championships. So we had really reached the pinnacle of Division Three baseball at that point. And because of that, not necessarily because of me, but there was a lot of opportunities for things during that time. But none of them felt right. They just didn't quite feel right where, where Denison did. And I think a lot of it has to come, does with my personality. Like I, I, I would have a really tough time being a salesman. Like yeah. I, I, I just, I don't do that well. Um, I think what I can do well is tell our story yeah. and just allow it to attract people who want a similar experience. So with Denison, you know, you, I, I can, you know, you're getting a, a world-class education, truly are. And then we always had the vision and now it's, it's coming closer to a reality of being a national caliber baseball program as well. So, you know, you come, you get a great education that's going to be life-changing all the while you're playing competitive athletics. And, and I do think athletics and, and especially athletics when you're trying to pursue greatness and pursue excellence, I think that is a unbelievable adjunct to the educational experience. So um, those two things combined, maybe say, okay, this, this Denison thing is going to be, is going to be phenomenal. So uh, I think that's where we are now. It was kind of fun. Um, you know, there have been great teams in the past at Denison, like, like, you know, years ago. Then there was a little bit of a lull, and we were able just to come back in and, and put a little, uh, yeah, it, it fixed the culture a touch and, and uh, embrace some of the, some of the, the nuances of Denison and, and get the program to a point where we're, we're all very proud of it right now. And you should be. It's a, it's a great program and one that was really high on our list um, to the point where we bought T-shirts in the, the bookstore. <laughs> just, we'll just keep moving on but honestly we, we we were that close we were that close and 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 for all the reasons that you said incredible university incredible baseball high level baseball and uh you know a chance to really be be challenged in the classroom and on the on the field and uh just get better as a person so that you know it checked every box for us no doubt about it and and um I know your leadership there has, you've definitely cast a shadow. And then my daughter swims there for, <laughs> you know, cause they hold it. Well, back in the pre COVID days, there was a lot of swim meets there. Uh, gorgeous. Facilities. One of the most, probably one of the top 15 in the country and at, at any level uh, that, that pool, that, that, that swimming facility is just second to none, as you know. 
Yeah, all the facilities, just gorgeous. Great, great program. So um, let's transition quickly. So you moved um, and you've, you've got a book that you put out, right? Do you want to talk about the book for a minute? And then we'll really get into what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, uh, you know, I, I sometimes I wonder where why I, I do this stuff. You know, I, it, there's just there's you know, being a baseball coach, as you know, is is pretty time consuming as well. But um, you know, I love to write. I love um, writing has really challenged me in general. It it it, cha- it forces me to reflect, and it, it forces me to be aware and, and live with intention. Mm-hmm. So I, I just always kind of jotted things down in the newsletter and the natural progression almost was like, Hey, let's, let's try to put a book together. So right around this time last year, I released my first book called let it rip my life lessons I've learned through sports. Um, so that went out last year and, and the same thing, I think it's just a continuation of, of, you know, my, my growth and my development. And I always say it, you know, I, I if you read my writing, I had someone one time say, uh, you know, that, that I think I, that, they think I know it all or that I know, I think I know it all. It's just the opposite of that. You know, it's, right. I write cause I'm really trying to ponder a lot of things. And, and I think naturally some people have gravitated toward it, but that's where I started just trying to write. And, you know, and you and I have talked about this AC. Uh, I love the fact that I leave a legacy for my kids. You know, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm gone, there's, there's something in writing of, of my thoughts. And, and yep. so um, I just think it's a beautiful thing. I, I recommend, I think I, I do it at nauseum, even with our players and, actually was just meeting with a former player today saying, start writing, like just write, like put some right. stuff down. You don't have to publish it. Yeah. But I, I just think that's just one way to start creating that awareness that's so important in almost everything you do. Yeah. So that has been my natural progression. I, did, I never dreamed that I would write a book. I, you know, I was a, a, maybe a slightly above average student at best. Um, writing doesn't come naturally to me, but it's just something that has been so I, of all the things I've done, I think that's one of the most powerful things I've done is it's having the courage. And I say it's, it is courage to write and share my thoughts um, because of all the things that we've talked about earlier, just all the benefits that have come my way. And I, and I, I would agree with you. I think there's a few things um, that I've picked up and especially in your newsletter, I think as a parent, um, and I think that's where we talked about before is you, you learn so much from your kids. Uh, it's just, it's amazing watching, uh, you know, how your, how your kid reacts in a little league game, or, and I know you've written some of those things or, or parents watching a little league game and, and uh, coaching you, you've taken your life experiences. And I think that's what people appreciate when they read a book is it's not some, I, I would disagree with whoever told you that. Cause that, I don't, I don't, I've never received that from you or anything you've written. What I've received is you're just a guy that processes on paper or in a book or in a newsletter, like most of us think anyway, and just don't write down. You know, and I, and I appreciate that, that I'm not the only guy that thought that watching my kid or watching another parent or all the things you've used to write about. It's, it's the vulnerability, you know, and I will yep. say like, I, uh, sports have been my, a, a humongous part of my life, probably too big of a part of my life. Like, so yeah. I, I, I joke, and even the book I say, you know, in my house, it was, it was, it was baseball. It was not baseball. It was sports first and, and school second, meaning yeah. it was, it was kind of a reverse order that most people talk about. And, and I laugh when I say that because it wasn't like just, it wasn't just the points or, uh, you know, the hits in baseball. It was all the lessons that, that, that come along with it. Yeah. Um, you know, how to prepare, how to compete, how to be a great teammate, all those transferable skills that, that, that really apply in any sector. I just have always looked at it through a sports lens. So that's kind of where, how I've kind of moved into this culture space, leadership space, because it's like, no, uh, we all have a reference, a frame of reference with sport. 
And it really transcends just athletics, right? It, it goes into every, every avenue of life. So that's one part of it. And the second part is just like you said, the, the observation as a parent and just all the, the grappling and wrestling that I do, watching and trying not to be overbearing, but also trying to encourage and inspire and, and, and that space where we find ourselves and as parents where we're being pulled in a thousand different directions. Um, that's kind of been my inspiration, but it's, yeah, I mean, I, I've always said I'm, I'm kind of bad to watch a game with because while everyone else is just rooting, like as a fan, I'm watching the sideline. I'm, right. I'm curious why they're standing there. I'm watching the press conference and taking notes. It's, so it's, it's, that's kind of how my mind goes in sports now. Like I, as a kid, it started as being a fan, but now I'm just, I'm a fan of leadership and lessons yep. that sports provide. So yep. and it's an obsession. It's an absolute obsession that I can't turn off. And if you get a chance, because uh, I just saw it last night, and I know I'm, I'm going to sound like a UNC honk, because I'm a UNC honk. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty clear. But, but anyway, on the, just lean into it. On the ACC network last night, uh, they had a, a, I think they have some series called Traditions, and they, they featured a half hour session last night with, with UNC. If you get a chance, watch it, because it was, it was really about dean smith and then roy williams but uh there was so much that was so rich and i watched it and it just i i looked over at austin afterwards he was actually watching it and uh and i said this is why i'm a fan like that right. you know it, it, forget wins and losses those are great and i i love the banners you know i what i love is and what caught my eye was dean smith and his leadership even when i was in high school and, and had zero direction in my life dean smith caught my eye and i think a good coach someone like yourself that has those just that moral compass and that, that, um, that vision and that drive really, you know I mean? You can capture pretty much anyone if they have that, that bent, no doubt about right. it. Yeah. And I, and I love, you know, the Dean Smith, I mean, talk about a progressive guy. I mean, just, he right. was so far ahead of the curve about the racial injustices and things like that. Just really willing to put himself out there at a time when others weren't. So I, I, I can relate. I, I read a I, man, one of the Dean Smith books, one of the first books that really resonated with me. And I can't remember the name of it right now. But it was, I don't know if it was a Carolina way. I can't remember. But yeah, anyways. Probably the Carolina way. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was it was just phenomenal. And I think he called himself a benevolent dictator. And I love that. Like, <laughs> I, right. I, I love that phrase. It was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I'm going to be really hard, really demanding. But I'm, I, I care, you know. Yeah. And, and a lot of people can't walk that line. And a lot of athletes have a tough time with that, with someone who's really demanding, but also putting their arm around them. And I think that's that, that, that as a leader – like what a balance that's being able to strike that. And I think Dean Smith really captured that in so many ways. And we could probably go down a whole rabbit rabbit trail of, of what it's like with today's athlete, because they are in some ways coddled and, um, um, pampered and and you know we got we got websites and we got rankings and we got you know, everything's changed a lot since the days when Dean Smith was recruiting players and, or any other coach for that matter and I'm sure you've seen that firsthand too but um, it, it's definitely a different time and I can't imagine coaching how you've had to shift a little bit because the players that you're getting in had a ranking next to their number or you know or or some of them may not have and so they got a chip on their shoulder so how do you volley that as a coach when a kid comes in at, at various levels how do you how do you so let's talk about leadership how do you lead a locker room that could have both extremes you could have a kid that was highly ranked and highly recruited and you could have a kid that nobody you know what I mean like how do you how do you handle that locker room well, I, I, you know, I wish I had a great answer for that, but I think, I think a lot of it for us, and I, I think it's one of the big misconceptions amongst um, high school 
student athletes and their parents is that number really matters. And, right. and I'm not, I'm not here saying that it doesn't because like there, there is like, there is something to maybe getting on the radar of, of some, you know, coaches by doing this, but, but very few, I mean, and then once, cause here's the big, the big misconception because once you get on a college campus, not, none of that matters at yeah. all. You know, it, yep. it becomes about production. And so, um, you know, I, for us, we don't really even talk about it. You know, I, I always say you get a roster spot, a pair of shoes and a hard time. Like that's, that's what you end up getting from us is, and, and that, and that's equal, whether you're the, the, the top recruit or whatever profile or the, or the last recruit on a roster, like it, it really doesn't matter. And, you know, and just like, you know, the higher levels is a good microcosm for everything. I mean, the five stars don't always pan out. You know, I mean, how right. many, how many five stars are playing in the NFL? There's not, there's not an insane amount. I mean, there's a lot of division two, II, division three, JUCO guys playing in the NFL. Well, the same thing within our locker room. I mean, the people who shine, I mean, it, it, they come from various, various different backgrounds. So uh, we don't talk about it a whole lot. We talk about Leave Letterman's jacket at home, and this all now becomes about what you're doing here. But I'll just wrap up by saying I do think that's a big, big misconception of a lot of people. Whether it's like in baseball now, it's it's very metrics driven, right? And and I encourage that. Like there's like I said, there's a that's that's a part of this. That's like maybe ten or fifteen percent. But the problem is when people make it like ninety, ninety-five percent. Yeah. And now you have a big, you're just a big gap there. They say, well, you know, his exit velocity is this, and but he doesn't hit the baseball. So it doesn't, right. it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Right. You know, so, but, and like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm really not trying to be sure. meaning to that. Cause I, I do think there's a place for those things. I just think it's just one part of the puzzle. So yeah, rankings and all that, it, it really doesn't matter for us. I mean, we're, we look for good fits. Uh, we look for kids that fit into our culture. Uh, we look for kid, families who also have the same type of values, yeah. knowing that it's not going to be easy. And then from there, we try to treat them all equally unfair. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it might've even been you some, somebody along somewhere along the way, somebody told me um, so many kids on signing day, you know, and, and signing day is great. I, again, as you said, like rankings, all that stuff. And you and I have the same respect for all those services, all yeah. those people that make all that happen. Um, that all means something. And, and signing day means something. It means something to a family to have your kids sit behind the table with the banner out front and the hat and yeah. you're wearing the gear and it says, you know, baseball mom, baseball day. That all means something. But what so many kids I think forget is that's when the work starts, not when it's over. Yeah, and, You know and, what I mean? That's not the finish line. That's yeah, the say, quarter pole. They say like in the NBA and I, I, I almost now things probably even evolved since, since, you know, your time with us is, as now almost when someone commits, I, I always, and I hate to be the party pooper, but I always, I always tell them the work is just starting now. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times you, I reference the NBA, they say in the NBA, that's like the day someone gets drafted is usually the, the, the demise of their career. Like so that the day they get drafted, they, they exhale, yeah. they've done their part and then they never fulfill their potential. Yeah. And the same thing when we, when we make such a big thing about a signing day or whatever, like some, it's, it's misguided. I, like you said, stop. It's good to stop, reflect, pause, enjoy that moment. And then at some point, and, and that doesn't have to be like the next hour or the next day, right. but at right. some point we have to go back to, okay, now like that's, that part's now beyond us And high school becomes, how can you help your high school team win? Yeah. Right? And yeah. We talk about, for us, we call it the winning pathway, but let's go help your high school team win. Go help your summer team win, you know, come play for us, help us win, get with the summer team. So it's just a process that 
I think in the process in that journey is where all the sweet stuff is. That's where the great stuff is. Yep. And sometimes we try to attach it to these, these moments that are, are really artificial and man-made in a lot of ways. Yeah. And um, you're, you're absolutely right on all that. And that's where I, 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 I leaned on you a lot during that process. Cause mm -hmm. I didn't know we were first time, you know, as our first child, first athlete, all those things. And I'm, I'm thankful for your, your friendship and leadership in those. We had a lot of calls. I remember I called you several yeah. times, even in the recruiting, and some of it had a discussion with a place that wasn't even your facility. So, you know, your, your campus, you were still generous enough and, and kind enough to say, you know, Hey, here's, here's what you should look for. Here's what you should ask. And so I, I appreciate that about and, you a lot. And honestly, I see that like to do, if you see the state farm commercials with the Aaron, the Aaron Rogers discount, yeah. like, that wasn't a friend discount. I do that all the time. I got, yeah. I always, and I, it all, I think it turns some people off. Cause I, I just say, hey, look, like we want we want your son to land at the place where he needs, like he wants yep. to land. So you know, here, here's you know, as you're working through this process, if you have questions, let us know, uh, because there there are so many great colleges and universities, and and a lot of it's going to come up to that young man and the family to make it work, anyways. Like there's no matter where you go, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be you know a, a incredible amounts of competition. So we just want them to to land where they belong. You know, so. I'm an open book. Like I, I, I always say I'm like the opposite of, of like the, the negative recruiting. Like we're, we're all like, it, it's like, Oh, you look there. That's great. That, that school is awesome. They're, they're, they're phenomenal people, you know? So anyways, yeah. I, we really try to take that approach. So you got the, uh, the Rogers discount, right. From, from State Farm, but that doesn't exist. Well, I didn't realize that, but either way, I'm gracious. I'm thankful. So yeah, yeah. I, I burst your bubble there. Kidding. It's all right. It's fine. It's all good. He, and he landed uh, right, right. As you said, it was fit, you know, and, and not that, you know, anyway, it, we could talk all day about his recruiting and uh, where he's at. So, but let's transition because now you're onto something new and you've got, you've got some new announcements. And, and at the end, we want to make sure I get all your links. Cause I want to talk about the book link and your website link and then let's speaking of links let's talk about what you're doing now because that's really important yeah so i you know i um as i was saying earlier you know it's just my life my personal life philosophy is really around growth and continuous improvement the word kaizen comes to mind that i know you've heard me reference before um so i've been down this path of, of wanting to learn and grow and i found a a community this we, we started this community called clear learn that i became a part of and i'm doing um, a leadership course on culture, on culture change or personal change, because really the two really go hand in hand for me. Um, so it's a mini course that's available on clearlearn.com, um, where we're really trying to form just a community of people who are obsessed with development and uh, continuous learning. And I say development, not education, because this, this space to me is more self-driven. It's more going to be um, something that, that the person wants to come and get their hands dirty in their growth. Uh, but for us, it's, it's a, for my course, there's six steps into this culture change or, or change in general that, that we try to walk the, the learner through. And um, I think this, this platform is going to grow and grow and grow. Uh, Michael Reds does, does a course on there right now. Um, I think it'll continue to grow as we get more content experts in there. But it's self-directed, and I think it has a chance to really impact a lot of people. It's affordable, and I think there's, um, there's going to be a lot of upside with this. So if I'm listening to this and I'm interested, what does that look like? What, what, what are my next steps? As far as, as far as getting on? Yeah. So if I'm interested in, in this, where, where do I go? What do I, what do yeah, I do? Go, if you go to clearlearn.com, there's, there's, um, I, I'm the, the lead face right now on there because the course is out and you can go on there. You can watch a trailer. You can uh, click for more information. You can talk to the ClearLearn team or you can email myself and we can talk about it. But 
um, really, I think what you're signing up for is that community. I think that's, that's going to be the key. I have a webinar that's going to be on January 6th that's going to talk more about it as well. So if you need more information, there'll be a webinar. Um, and, and, you know, through my, if you're checking my Twitter or my newsletter, um, that stuff's all going to be kind of promoted in there. But it's really my uh, obsession, as I was talking about earlier, with watching what great teams do, what great organizations do, and trying to find those characteristics because I think they're applicable. I think, I think we all can apply and learn. And, and I think my, and I keep using the word, but obsession has come from why are certain teams, you know, you mentioned North Carolina, why are they good year in and year out? Right. I, I, I'm, I'm, less, I'm less impressed with the spikes. I'm less impressed with the one hit wonder than I am that someone that stays near the top all the time. And, and I, I, you know, I, when you think about high performance, I really think about it as, the, the difference between your best and your worst performance are pretty darn close, yep. right? Like that's, yep. that's what makes a major league baseball player. They, like a guy in double A can go in the big leagues and have a good game, but it's the day in and day out. And I think the same thing in an organization is how close can you prepare? How close can you come to reaching your ceiling every day? And so like the course kind of, it, it's, it's around that whole ethos of continual improvement of trying to look with intention at, how you want to grow and develop. And I just, uh, I just see so many people in so many organizations that, that are at effect, like life just comes at them. And I think it's, it's, it's in our best interest. One, if we're in a position of leadership to be intentional about creating the culture we want. Yeah. And also AC, and I'm, I probably, I'm sorry for going on, but I think it's, no. I'm really passionate about this. I think um, for like for, for college age students or younger people that are going into the workforce, to be intentional about who you're getting aligned with. Um, I, I think that's often mistaken. I think we, we get excited about the salary or the, the office or mm -hmm. the prestige of a company when really the more I do this, I, I just help get aligned with really good people. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, but the, my last thing is that that's my take, but that's because I've done the internal work. Now you, you know, when you do the inter internal work, then you say, okay, like this is what I want. And right. then you start looking for those opportunities. But so many people, I think, just go through life at effect and they're just bouncing around. And so this course and this mission that we're on is really just get people to pause, reflect, work through a process and see if they can start taking control of the next steps of their life. And it's, it's awesome. It sounds awesome uh, because I think I agree with you. Everything you just said um, I, I, as someone that I think did that early in my career. You know, it's, it's about a salary. It's about a title. It's about the corner office. It's about a, a, the new car you learned about, whatever it is. But, but I think you got to find out your why. Because if I don't know my why, I am going to take the biggest salary. And, but I'm going to be miserable because I'm not fulfilling what I am as a person or what my goals were, unless it's the biggest salary. And then congratulations, you got that. But are you happy? You know, and I, I so that's one. And two, I would agree with you in terms of culture. I think, and I, I, as, as you were talking, I was thinking, I think so many cultures we are reactive and not proactive mm -hmm. in that we haven't done the steps to create a good culture. And all of a sudden our culture is not what we wanted it to be. And we look back and we go, well, we got to get this back. Well, you didn't create it in the beginning and getting it back as someone who's, who's talked to teams and talked to companies and worked with, with teams. I mean, you would say like, it's really hard if you didn't start the culture the right way, getting it back. And this goes for sports. It goes for companies. It doesn't matter what it is. Once you've lost that culture, or if it's not what you wanted it to be, you almost got to break it down, strip it to the studs and start all over. 
yeah, and 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 look, I, I you know, I think one thing that that I'm proud about, whether it's in writing or discourse, like you know, I took the dirt road, like you know, and I'm still, my hands are still dirty, like yeah. like we're, and, and and I don't think any of this is easy, and and I'm not sitting here saying that we have, you know, the best call, like we we have we have flaws. The last year was a really tough year for us, just in general. Not right. we didn't get to play much, but just it was a tough year. So like this, it, it's this is all a work in progress, but. I think creating the time, I mean, we're, we're just all so busy now. We're all so busy. It's just busy, busy, busy. And we don't take the time to stop and, and create that vision. And actually, step the, the third step of, of the process is find, finding our why. You know, I'm mo- motivated by Simon Sinek and some others. Yes. But, yeah. you know, I, I think when you, when you have, so you have the vision um, of where you want to go. And, and hopefully that, that vision is not just wins and losses or profit margins or whatever. I, I think a vision stronger whenever you're trying to impact. But having a why really pulls you through those tough, dark times. Yeah. Because if you don't have that why, um, it becomes, because I, I, I always say that for those of us who are willing to dare to put ourselves out there, to stretch, to try to make a difference, um, adversity and uh, pitfalls and speed bumps are going to be a part of that journey and probably more so than anybody else. So if you don't have a why, like, you're not going to make it through. And also, if your why is not compelling, people aren't going to want to follow yeah. So I think having that why, having a bigger calling, um, is what's gonna is is what's gonna impact you. But I I really mean it. I think just taking that time and just I, I just if I if I could give any advice, and I hate giving advice, it would be just create that time, create that space to think. Um, you know, success leaves clues. You know, for me, I always look at sports, but if you just look at the great thinkers, the great business leaders, like you know, they always they say that. Um, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett have a think week every week where they just go shut themselves in a room and consume as much content as they can. Like if those guys can do it, and I know we can easily dismiss things and say, oh, like, of course, because they're, you know, they're, they're they are, right. But that's not the case. Like they're no. busy, you know, right. but so creating that time to think and reflect and go, okay, like what I, I, like I get juice thinking about it myself. Like I were starting a company. Like, what would I want that ethos to be? Like, what, yeah. like that excites me more than the widgets and the money. Like it's, and once again, that's just me, but you do the internal work. And like you said, if you land on money and profits and winning, cool. Right? That, that's, that's up to you. Now you create a system that drives you toward that. But if you'd ever reflect, then I think you're just bouncing around. And I think what you said too about, um, you know, I think a lot of us fall into the, to the resulting, like, oh, we, we just worry about the result. Right. And, if you don't have a process in mind, then you just, you just add effect once again of wins and losses. So if we win, I'm happy. If we lose, I'm sad. Yeah. And we can never really evaluate the process and say, okay, are we getting closer to our goals or not? Cause we're just going to react to the wins. And, and so anyways, there's just so much to it that I think creating that space is everything. Yeah. And, and I think anyone listening or watching this can, can hear and one, hear your passion two see your passion if they're watching. Um, but three also know that we're just scratching the surface. There's so much, and you and I could sit and talk sometime on a park bench in front of a lake, <laughs> maybe with a fishing rod in our hand and I don't fish, but, but I, I could literally do this all day because I think there's so much that it, it is something. And I think that's why I was, I was drawn to, to, your teaching and everything that you know, because I'm, I'm a student of that as well. I'm uh, Simon Sinek is just a, a amazing uh, Inky Johnson. We could go down the list of guys that just inspire, enthuse, they break it down. They make it so simple. And you hear something they say and you like, Oh my gosh, that, that makes perfect sense. Right. It's simple, right. It's simple, but it, that's, that's, there's, there's some beauty in that simplicity. And, and, you know, it's just like, for me, I just, have, I've always just started watching, watching sports teams, watching, you know, why, why are those teams so successful? Is it, right. 
is it and I, I think in general we lean way more on tactics and skills yep. and intelligence and gpa than we do on trying to create that culture and and i think the more you can lean toward and maybe run in the other direction while everyone else is is going toward the skills and maybe if you can just go okay well wait a minute what if we just pivoted over here and we try to find right fits like yeah. right fits for our organization and and that means that we're going to go in a little different direction we may pass on that person to everybody else that we may pass on that you know ivy league grad who's you know and we may go in this direction but that person fits within us but in order to do that we have to be values based we'd have to have done the hard work to know who we are right and mm -hmm. so you do the self-reflection which which leads to the awareness which leads to my ability to communicate it and deploy resources to making actual making things happen so anyways i put, i could go on and on but it's yeah. just i just see so many people go in a, in a direction that i don't know if they thought about it if they would go in that in that same direction or if they would pivot and try to find something else well i think anybody listening watching knows that, that we're just getting started and uh there's so much here and so that's why i want before we get off i want to make sure i get all your links because this is the kind of stuff that you provide on a regular basis whether it's through the newsletter uh, the new opportunity through this website, um, your Twitter, even during a baseball game or a, an NFL game, it's not combative. It's, Hey, I, what did you, what did you text me? Or, or what did we, I, I, during, we were watching some game and somebody didn't call a timeout. Oh, it was Carolina. Wasn't it Carolina? Yeah. It's Carolina. It was Carolina. There was uh yeah, there was something that I just, right. It's, it's not, yeah. It's, it once again, when I do that, it's, I, I, I obsess about, um, I obsess about that. Like, right. It was Carolina, it was Carolina football. It was like, yeah. Why, why did they not use the timeout? Why did they time out? Right, it yeah. probably had no bearing on the actual result of the game. Like it, but just it was, curious. It just curious as to why would they not go in that direction in that right. time. And that's how we learn. And that's, yeah. that's how we learn. So, um, well, man, you, you have a million things um, on your plate. And I know that, that getting on today and, and taking your time with me was uh, something that I, I just genuinely am so thankful for. And I, I know we're up against a, a holiday soon that – who knows when people see this, hear this, it may be after the holiday, but either way. Um, so let me, let me hit you with some, uh, some rapid fire. Is that good? All right. All right. Favorite coach in any sport. <laughs> Ever? Ever? Yes. Yes. You know, uh, the, the, the easy answer is John Wooden. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'd say John Wooden. Got to go with the goat. Yep. Okay. Uh, greatest moment as a coach at any level. Um, it's going to sound crazy because I've been a part of three national championships, but I would say winning our con the conference championship at Denison for the first time in school history because of the reaction of our alums that have played for us that said that we, we did it. When they used the word we, that made me feel so good because as you mentioned with Austin, we want to be a program and not a team. So that was my kind of a defining moment that we that we are a program even though this team won the championship all those people in the past we were standing on those shoulders and they felt the love and they felt the energy of that championship so that was probably my proudest moment that's awesome um the, what's the best book you've ever read alchemist easy paulo coelho it's my go-to probably i read it at least once a year and now all through highlights but it's it's uh it's my go-to it was probably the inspiration for me beginning to write because in there, there's a phrase that uh, when we do what we're when we do what we're meant to do, what what, what our calling is, um, the whole world the whole world conspires around us to make us better, and they all pull for us. And 
I think when you do that, when you put yourself out there, you start attracting the universal forces. And uh, so, yeah, anyways, Paulo Coelho, the alchemist, is my go-to. If I, if I would have said top five, what are the other ones in there? And you don't have to put them in any kind of order. What are some yeah, I would, say, um, I would say there's a book called, actually, a new book that I read that, that cracked the top five is Shoe Dog by, by yes. Phil Knight. Incredible. Um, Incredible. An unbelievable book. Incredible book. Um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl is just, is just phenomenal. How a Man Thinketh, um, and I, I don't have it off on the top of my head right now, is one of my go-tos. And then I'll, I'll throw another one in there just because I, I, I probably could have, I probably could go in another direction, but, but a book that greatly impacted me was Bill Walsh, The Score Takes Care of Itself. And mm. I used the word in here earlier about resulting. Um, so like that, Bill's, Bill's whole philosophy was that if you do all the right things, they, when he took over the 49ers, they weren't very good. They were like two and 11 and two and 11 in his first year, two and 10, whatever the record was. Um, but his whole thing was, let's just keep doing the right things over and over and over again. And eventually we'll get to the results. And they did. So that one has, always has a special place in my heart because it, it was something that I used um, when we were taking over this Denison program. Have you ever read Quiet Strength? Yes. Tony Dungy? Same, same theme, right? Um, it, was, it was just do the right things the right way and all the time. Yep. You know, incredible book. It's probably in my top five. Uh, yes, if it's no actually doubt. number one for the longest time, then it got bumped to number two. But it, it's up there. And as you right said, through highlights, uh, just amazing book and amazing individual. Um, what a person. What a person he is. I, I, I kept reading it and saying, is this guy for real? Like, yeah. come on. And, 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 real. And, and to answer that, I don't know Tony Dungy in any way, shape, or form, but you start, you start like watching long enough. Like he's so consistent and every way, the way he writes, the way he speaks, the way he does a broadcast, yeah. the way he interacts. Like if, if he is faking, boy, he's, 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 he's really good at it. Right? <laughs> he does it nonstop. He does it 24 hours a day. So. Right. Shoe Dog, I would tell you, I read that in Cancun uh, on a vacation, and I don't go to Cancun too often, so don't get too – I don't want anybody listening to think, you know, we do this quite often. It was actually like our 20th anniversary, yeah. you know, so we, we did something kind of out, out of the box, and uh, we were sitting beside the pool and I'm reading Shoe Dog, and I'm underlining, highlighting, taking pictures of – because I couldn't believe that they built a company like Nike before they had – he would mail letters. That's what the, – the, the biggest thing my takeaway was this guy was mailing letters – now we, we can shoot a text and be in somebody in seconds, right? We can make business decisions in, in insta seconds. And this guy's mailing letters and waiting months yes. to get a response. And he built Nike out of that. Like that was my biggest takeaway. Thick book. I thought it was going to be completely different. I wasn't prepared for what that book was about. It was amazing. I, I, it got to me late. Like I guess I just read it in this in 2020 and, and I, I was blown away. Like, blown it, away. like you know, you, uh, you get like, you, you can't put the book down tight. You yes. hear those things. Like that was like truly the, the, the last book that I can remember where I couldn't put it down. Even the books that I mentioned before, like I, not that I didn't learn from Shoe Dog. I mean, cause there's, I'm the same way. I highlighted a lot, but the story just kind of had me hooked. You know, like oh. I read The Alchemist or, or, or Victor Frankl's book. It's more, it's more intellectual stimulating, but it takes me, it makes me reflect. And Shoe Dog, I don't want to say it didn't make me reflect, but it was more just like, different. Yep. what's going to happen next? You're like hanging on, like, come on. You're like rooting for Nike in a different way. But yeah, uh, what a story. And you know how the story ends. Yes. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, it's not like, well, I don't know. Did Nike make it? No, I mean, you know, like I'm wearing a logo right now. But at the end of the day, you're, you're still hooked. You're, you're, and it was more a story about Phil Knight. And it was an yeah. amazing story about Phil Without Knight. Without a doubt. And in, in in, in his complexities, right? Yes. And just, I think also 
it's also just a good reminder. And I'm, this is me just kind of thinking off the top of my head too, just, just how hard things are. Like we, we see right. Nike and think, Oh, that, that's really cool. Right. Like that yeah. was, that was probably easy. They, but just in, from being on the edge of bankruptcy and just, you know, having to find, yeah, just, it was, it was just phenomenal. And I, I think sometimes we look at people and we go, Oh, they have it. They have it great. But there is just so much behind, a lot of unpacking um, that that takes behind it. So we we see the tip of the iceberg. We don't see all the the messiness that's going on underneath a lot of times. A hundred percent. And so, all right, last last rapid fire. If you could spend a day with one leader, who would it be? Uh, It's a tough question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to me, to me, would be like it it would. I mean, it would be like an MLK. I mean, I I I mean, I, I would I would go like an MLK's direction. Um, I, I, you know, I just marvel at anyone who can, can live and live their values the way he did and be unapologetic about it and risk his life and ultimately his life. But just to, just to hear how he had that courage, because to me, it starts with courage. When I think of MLK, I think of courage. And then just, yeah, knowing your values and just living your values, because he could have took a much easier path. Like he was, he had elevated to a position where he could have probably made some subtle changes and, and stayed out of, uh, out of controversy. But when you have that belief in your drive, I, I would love just to, to sit down with someone like an MLK. That's probably a pretty boring answer. He's, he's, no, it's he's a great answer. It's a great answer. Um, Cause I think there's a lot of easy answers, right? There's a lot of, Oh yeah. You know, whoever it might be, but I, that's a great answer. And, um, it, and I, I'm thankful to spend time with a leader like you in this, in this time, even just on a podcast um, through our, through all of our interaction. And I want to share one story before we jump off. Um, you know, we did a lot of recruiting visits, not a lot. I mean, it wasn't like we did the 20 campus tour, but you know, on each one, every campus is different. And I think what impressed me and anyone listening to this, uh, I want you to understand you, you put your money where your mouth is. You're not just a coach. Um, you know, the recruiting visit um, was your typical recruiting visit in some ways, and yet it was very different in that you took the entire team into a room and you went through your four pillars of leadership, which I find outstanding and use in my own life uh, since I've learned them from you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not every team is going to do that. Not every coach is going to do that. Not every some people, it was just like, hey, we want you, we like you, come play for us. Mm-hmm. Here's our baseball field. You know, <laughs> no disrespect to the school, but the reality is, that's I wanted to share that because that's a difference with you is that you are a leader of men uh, whether it's on the baseball field whether it's in all the things that we've mentioned um, you know that was what you wanted them to know up front is hey if you come for our program these this is where we stand this is our culture this is who we are and like you said it's not for everybody but if it is for you we'd love to have you and that uh, that was impressive to me and so I wanted people to know that you you truly practice what you preach, uh, not just between the white lines, but outside of them. And so um, give me all the links before we get off of here. What are all the links and ways people can find everything we talked about? So, so right now, I think the biggest one is, is the ClearLearn. So if you just get on the clearlearn.com, just look at the platform. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a neat place to start. I mean, we're, we're just getting started with that project. So I think it's a great place to be, to be someone that's early that's jumping on um, with that community. So clearlearn.com, I'm, I'm active. I'm relatively active on Twitter. So at Coach Deegan, it's at Coach Deegan on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn as well with with uh, with Coach Mike Deegan as well. Uh, my newsletter, uh, I'm trying to think the best way. I don't have a, I don't have a sign up form right now over over top that I can that I can give it to you. But if you check me out on Twitter, um, ask a friend. Probably uh, AC can talk. You know, if, if you listen to this, I'm sure someone can respond. He can put you onto it. But uh, that's probably the best way to stay to stay up 
um, with, with what I'm thinking and, and have a good conversation. If you reply on, on that newsletter, I always get back at some point. So those are the big things. My website's coach, coachmikedegan.com, where you could, that's where a great place where you can sign up for the newsletter right in front of you. So coachmikedegan.com, get on there. And then you can also see a, the archives of, of all the newsletters that I've written over the last several years. And all of that will be in this blog post on the YouTube post and on the, uh, the iPod, the um, podcast uh, as well. So if, if, but if you're driving down the road and you heard that, just go to AaronConrad.com, click on this interview and you'll see all those links there hyperlinked and you can go to where you need to go to. So uh, coach, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your leadership. And uh, I mean, everything I've said in this, I've learned so much from you, whether it was indirectly or bi-directionally from far away. Uh, I'm just thankful for your leadership. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas, AC. Feelings mutual. Thank you. All right, man. Talk to you. See you.